Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. And as always, I'm Kevin's PIC, Rob Langevin. And on this podcast, we'll be bringing you weekly updates from the world of fantasy soccer. On today's episode, we'll be discussing players we prefer for the rest of the year, price changes, who to start and sit, and the players that we've brought in or out of our squads this week. All right, well, we're, we're going to get to a, a, the segment later on players we prefer for the rest of the year. So we're just going to start right up front with price changes. Uh, I think there are really a couple interesting ones that are players you probably want to buy in before they go up. Starting for me with Jeannie Wijnaldum. This is not A-level analysis. He just scored five goal, four goals last week uh, for Newcastle. So obviously he's a player on the rise, hence his price going up. But you're not buying him to score four goals a week. It's obviously a super small sample size. Uh, but the thing that impressed me more was how much of the play revolved around him. Um, kind of in that role that we see Silva with for City or Ericsson with Tottenham, where if they're scoring goals, it's probably going through a player. And I think that's where Wijnaldum's, uh value is really going to come from throughout the year. I think anything below 7.0 is absolutely worth it for him. Um, once he gets above that, start asking questions. But they have a really good matchup this week against Sunderland, who did look impressive. Uh, in their first match under Big Sam, which I was surprised by. You know, just four days of training with Big Sam, and they looked much better at the back. Billy Jones switched to left back, looked like an actual footballer. You know, (laughs) I'm going to bash him every week. I have to give him props on that as well. Um, He found out he's left-handed. Oh, wait, I'm left-handed. Whoa! (laughs) What a a late discovery, but hopefully a good one for him. Surprising that Patrick Van Enholt is frozen out at the moment. I think he is still the best left-back option. Billy Jones did do well. But anyway, Newcastle should do well. Uh, Jamie Vardy at 7.0. I guess I'll kind of throw this to you. How much higher... Can Vardy go before you start questioning it? Or is he what he looks right now, which is the best striker in the Premier League with Aguero out? Um, well, he does look like the best striker point-wise per points per game based on his price. And he's, he's giving you a value return over what his price is still per game. Um, you know, my comparison to Vardy is basically what Harry Kane did last year for fantasy teams. You know, he didn't really turn yeah. it on until game week six or it might have been five, five or six last last year when he actually became a full-time starter. And basically everybody was like, oh, wait a second. I yeah, it was, it was crazily later than that. November 5th, I think it was. All right, so... was his first start. So, there you go. So, so Vardy's way ahead of the game on this. Yeah, so ba- it's basically way... And he probably started out at the same, you know, price point as Kane last year. So the similarities are eerily similar because of the goal production price-wise... And what he's doing to the to rec, you know evolve into his his fantasy usefulness, um, 
if you don't own Jamie Vardy right now, I don't know what's what's going on with your team. I mean, yeah. I probably would. The, the the price differential between the uh, I know we're going to get into this a little bit later with the, the the groupings of price and form and and you know return, but how could you not own Jamie Vardy at his current price and be like, you know what, I could probably wait on him for another 0.5 and he'd probably still give me the return that uh, you know a Lukaku is going to give you or you know, is he, is he, is he, can you honestly tell me right now he's not going to score more goals the rest of the season than Graziano Pelli? I, I actually mm-hmm. can't because I probably could say he'll probably outscore him by four. Well, he can create his own chances, which is something Pelli Absolutely. continually struggles with. And, and that's the one thing that I've been preaching every time on this podcast is Jamie Vardy is one of the best one on one players I've seen when he has the ball. He is a speed yeah. guy and he can beat the guy. That is what he is good at. And he's doing it very well. Funnily and enough, he, it's what Berahino was supposed to be. Exactly. And, you know, funny thing is I actually like Berahino for the next coming fixtures. Yeah. Um, I know I, I like I like West Brom for the next coming games anyway. But, you know, Berahino is starting to come in his own because it's probably getting close to Christmas and he wants the hell out of West Brom again. <laughs> yeah, I think that's three and four uh, with him scoring yeah. this weekend, despite being in uh, controversial circumstances. A- absolutely. And I, I know you... you you touched on uh, Jorginho before, and I mean, at his current price, it's six point nine, and his next five games, Kev, at Sunderland, home to Stoke, at Bournemouth, home to Leicester, Ooh. away at Crystal Palace. <laughs> well, that's gonna be fun. <clears throat> funny stat. I'll give you fun- two funny stats because I'm a giving guy. I'm a people person. Okay, he's now it's. After the game last week, he's a top four mid- scoring midfielder right now. Top four. With one game, he jumped yeah. up into the top four. And in the last calendar year, including all leagues across Europe, he's the top six scoring midfielder. How about that? Wow. What is that from PSV, of course? You know, I mean, I know that the leagues don't intricate well to, you know, because nobody plays. <laughs> he's you know. done better than Depay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm saying... You know, look at what he's done. Look at the schedule right now. If anybody has one transfer this week or or thinking about even not remotely bringing him in to their squad, I mean, he's only still owned in 4% of leagues right now. Yeah. I know everybody waits the last minute and waits till the, the Champions Leagues are over. Um, but he, he's got to be involved in a squad now, yeah, I've, I followed my own advice this week, and we'll, we'll talk more about stuff in, in our teams, but I dropped Pedro and brought in Jeannie Wingildum as one of my moves. You know what? And, and jumping ahead, if you want to edit this out later, that is my move this week as well. Oh. So, <laughs> so in a complete non-comparison thing that we haven't planned beforehand, we're not bringing you any groundbreaking news for the later portion of the show. We are both doing the same move. <laughs> yep, sorry to, to kind of rain on your parade listeners. Maybe that yeah, won't be a whole totally. segment. Well, if, you guys, if, you guys, if you guys are here for like, I want to hear what they want to transfer in this week, that's the only reason I listen to the show. The end. Guess what? We just ruined it for Bye. you. Turn this off. But don't. Don't actually turn it off. No, we actually have some really live. interesting rest of year stuff that, that is an yeah, excellent. Totally. Yeah, totally. We're totally drinking and getting wise on each other and going to drop stupid knowledge on you. Hella bombs. Hella knowledge bombs for <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, yeah. The other player that I'm bringing in this week, um, or actually I'm not, but uh, that is an interesting one to buy in before he goes up more. Toby Alderweireld at 5.2. Uh, 
he's a popular one again on the rise uh same price as your love child craig dawson who did get me a clean sheet last week so nice shout you um word toby has very quickly helped turn tottenham into a defensive stalwart still level with arsenal uh for best defensive record in the league still just seven goals conceded and they did it last week against liverpool side without eric dyer which as if you listen to this and the epl roundtable you know i was quite concerned with Uh, i thought he was the reason why our defense had been looking so good and he does contribute a lot in that way, but Musa Dembele stepped up in a big way. And the pairing of Toby and Jan Vertonghen, I keep saying it's top five. It's time to start having that conversation if it's the best partnership in the Premier League right now. I think the answer is no to that question, but it's time that we start asking it and looking at it a little bit deeper, considering the Arsenal duo hasn't been as stellar. Same defensive record, but they've been mixing in Gabriel and stuff. Not a huge fan mm-hmm. of that. Um, Man City, you don't know really where they're going to end up with that. We saw Mongola start in the Champions League today. So are they going to mm-hmm. switch it, have Odomendi and company in Premier League? That time will tell. But I think this is the best duo that you know is starting every week right now. Yeah, I, I can, you know what? As much as it pains me to, to feed into your ego of spurdom, <laughs> um, I have to agree that um, your defense should start and end with a Spurs defender right now. Um, we've seen the shift after nine weeks, or actually eight weeks, because City has basically been the uh, blah after after the eighth week. You've yeah. got to shift when they started City messing to... with their stuff, when they dropped hard and the company Absolutely. was out. They have too much talent to actually squeeze into. It's basically like a 10-pound bag full of five pounds of, or a five-pound bag filled with 10 pounds. Whatever, it's opposite day. <laughs> it's I'm like a metaphor thinking. is what it's like. Yeah, totally. Yeah. They have too much stuff to get in there, and they're tinkering too much. Basically, your defense should have at least one Spurs defender. You want to think outside the box and own a guy who's less owned somewhere else? Sure. I'm not going to disagree that you should own Kyle Walker or maybe Danny Rose is actually blooming and going back into the starting fray. I preferred Ben Davis, but, you know, that happened. That guy burned me last week, but I'm I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter at all. I get it. I think think Karen Trippier is still better than Kyle Walker, so... Uh, a lot of issues there at the wingbacks. Uh, I honestly don't know. I mean, his first start in the Europa League, he gave away a penalty, which I don't think is exactly how he wanted to start his Spurs career. I still think he wins the job by the end of the year, but Kyle Walker has been much improved over last year. Um, and so holding down his spot fairly comfortably because he will make, as I always say, two mistakes a game, but he has the pace to cover one, and Lloris and Toby and Jan are good enough to usually cover the other. Um, and I guess that's really what I'm getting to here is, is Toby and Jan, just absolutely spectacular. Uh, and, and the interesting thing about Toby and why I think he's worth more than Vertonghen, uh, and it's reflected in the points right now, is that Toby is the one that gets the front post on corners. And mm-hmm. Erickson does not have the most powerful foot in the world. He's not lobbing him up to the penalty spot. It's to the front post. And we saw Toby score off of that against Manchester City. Although I think it might have been Lamela that sent that one in. But nonetheless, he has... Of all the Spurs defenders, he's the most likely to get you goals. Rose and Walker more likely to get you assists. Vertonghen and Lloris, pretty clean sheet dependent. I think that's a pretty Mm -hmm. fair breakdown of of Tottenham's defensive position. I completely agree with you, Kev. For once, we're on on Spurs (laughs) even ground. (laughs) Yep. All right, uh, who do you got for uh, your price changes? I, I didn't think any of the drops were worth picking up. Barkley is an interesting one, but he's really struggled lately, and I'm not sure now is when I want to buy in. Yeah, I, you know, Barkley is the one guy um, who dropped. He's still owned in 21% of leagues. 
29 percent of those leagues are probably dead already. Um, <laughs> if you if you notice, I threw more numbers into there that wasn't um, price ups. You know, there was it's basically everyone that was expected. You know, the Bellerins, the the Aldebarals, the the Jorginhos, the De Bruynes, Vardy, Boney went up as well. And then they throw one weird uh, plus for me. It's it's Papa Suarez. He was, he was a weird <laughs> one guy that went up this week. Um, I love Papa Suari from a real football standpoint. He's a better player in real life than in fantasy. Absolutely. Because if you watch the game, he is a contributor. He fits into that attacking wide role that Crystal Palace pushes. And I know, I know, you know everyone's looking for for return on a fantasy defender, especially from a, a wide defender, because they want goals, they want assists. But he's involved in a lot of plays, and that luck and that crossing ability is going to come into play sooner or later. I'm just saying it's not going to be now, but I'm saying that Papaswari is someone you should keep an eye on for later, especially at his 4.5 price. Or 4.6 now. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's really nobody that went down this week that, like, like you said, Barkley went down. Silva dropped again. Guediora, um, you know, who I forgot existed at Crystal Palace. Yeah. You know, um, Silva went down again. Uh, nobody's really buying into him because they're all in love with the, the, the ginger teddy bear called Kevin De Bruyne <laughs> right now. Uh, I think we might have just found our title like, right there. <laughs> he he kind of looks, looks like the bully from Christmas Story who pummels the guy. <laughs> yep. Makes him um, like the, but, the pole and everything. But, yeah, in all honesty, he is uh, a phenomenal football scored, player. Scored again today fight. on a three-on-four yeah. where it looked like he had Brilliant no left, chance. Left-footed goal. Yeah. Brilliant slotted left goal, left-footed goal. Um, which brings me to the – we, me and you talked offline and we're kind of trying to add stuff to the content level of this podcast. And I tried to break down what players match up systematically based on price form rest of season schedule into how they should fit into your your fantasy football team um we're going to start up top up top is kind of easier because the the tiering structure is basically like you know like the food pyramid in you know home ec class because Sergio Aguero is the top, you know, top square. Like he's like the Zelda piece that he hangs, he holds. Wait, up. isn't top because, dessert? What happened? Isn't the top dessert? It's like grains, fruits and vegetables, I no meat. I thought it was, I have no idea. If it's just my my first instinct is dessert because I'm an adult and I can have cookies for dinner. You know what? You're right. Do, do you remember like when you were first like grown? Like my my experience was in college. And one time I was at like a party store thing and there was like a one pound bag of Reese's, like Reese's <laughs> cups. And I was yeah. like, I shouldn't get that. You're like, no, you know what? I'm getting me some Reese's cups. <laughs> yeah. So but even before the like days of like buying alcohol and stuff, like my first like hurrah at college adult moment, you know, aside from girls and stuff, was me being at a store and just being like, Hell yeah, one pound of Reese's cups. <laughs> well, I, do, I do the same thing with another pint, with another pint or another cigarette. I'm just like, oh man, you know what? Screw it. One's not gonna kill me, but twenty will. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so groupings for forwards. You know, you have Aguero at, at the top of the peak. You do you agree, Kev? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. When he's in form and healthy, he's he's the one guy that you sh- everyone should own and be the the guy for your two five three formation because yeah. that's basically what everybody should be running. Yeah, we, we talked a little bit about before the show that yeah, there just isn't a one B option. It's Aguero yeah. and then a gap and then anyone else. Yeah, you know, and then salary wise, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna phrase these as, as questions to you, and then you could pick your one guy out of the group that you think you would want to to go along with Aguero yeah. up top. If if in, if in, if all is well and healthy in the world and they're all playing to their utmost expectations and making their moms proud. Right. And, and this is this is rest of the year, right? So yeah, kind completely, of we completely. do have to factor injuries in a little bit for players like Aguero where it is more yeah. likely to crop up. Totally, totally. Yeah. But the second the second group right now under Aguero. Graziano Pelli, Jamie Vardy, and then I threw Romelu, Romelu Kaku in there. Only because he has he plays great for two games in a row, and then he sits one out. But at the end of the year, the total is going to be there if you roster him every week. Yeah. Which guy would you want on your team? Uh, Based I, on I, price point. Yeah, I, I think Vardy at 7.0 still. I we, we talked a little bit earlier, well, you did, about the comparison to Kane. Um, the fun fact, his 10 goals are 10 more. He's on 10, right? I saw 9 on a different site this morning. I was confused. I didn't know if one of his had been misallowed. Sorry, disallowed. But anyway, his amount of goals, which is... Amount. It wasn't on the site I was hoping it would be. Um, it's listed as nine. He's his, got nine. His nine goals. That was all great radio. You're welcome, everyone. Listen to, listen to us for fantasy, boys. His nine goals are exactly nine more than Kane had last year. Again, as I mentioned, didn't start until November. So if you look at Kane's goal return, 21 Premier League goals last year, there's absolutely no reason Vardy can't hit that. Vardy could slow down by almost half for the rest of the season and still hit that mark. And unlike Kane, which who we are seeing struggling a little bit this year with some service issues, then the confidence goes, then he's missing chances, which is much like what happened with Soldado, which is an omen I don't want to foretell. Um, you mentioned earlier, Vardy creates his own chances. And I think... That with the threat of Mares, assuming that he actually starts going forward, looking at you, Claudio Ranieri, um, and Schlupp on the other side, they have enough attacking options that Vardy is usually going to just have one guy, at most two guys on him, and neither of those guys have the pace to keep up with him. So I think Vardy will continue to create his chances. Like you said, Lukaku, he's probably going to hit 15 this year. But he's going to be a frustrating out. There are going to be these stretches where just nothing's happening. And I say that like he's not just on a one-match <laughs> streak of not scoring. Um, mm-hmm. But he hasn't looked as good over the past three. Uh, four ago, I think, is when he scored his two goals and looked very good. But, uh, yeah, it's going to come and go. I feel like Vardy at 7.0, I have him at 6.6 uh, is when I picked him up. Um, so just riding throughout the year on that and knowing that I'm not going to, I'm just not going to take him out for the rest of the season, unless there's some horrendous injury that's longer than a month. Um, so yeah, I think Vardy rest of year among the group of Vardy, Pella or Lukaku is who I'm sticking with. We've talked about Pella. I'm a known Pella hater. I'm sorry. He'll score his goals. I just hate how dependent he is, uh, specifically on Sadio Mane, who is not a picture of health himself. I agree that he is not the same player when Mane is not in the lineup. And I know I, I, know I made the, the, the comparison to, to Harry Kane last year. I think, you know what, I'm going to throw this out there. I think Jamie Vardy is more like Charlie Austin. 
How about okay. that? How about that? Throw that throw that in the mixer. I th- yeah. I think Jamie Vardy is more like Charlie Austin from last year. Yeah, I, now I think that's that absolutely fair. Yeah, what did Austin end up on? Seventeen last year, I think. Seven it, seventeen, and he had twenty one all comps. Yeah, I mean, I, I nothing nothing to laugh at. The the fact that I don't know what other clubs' reasons were. Tottenham's reason for not signing Charlie Austin is because Daniel Levy didn't think he had resale value. How about you yeah. focus on how they play for your club, huh? The yeah, fact that totally. he scored 17 goals yeah. last year and is still in the championship is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I, I, play I, style, I Vardy is most like Danny Ings. Um, but if you're talking about ability to create his own oh, chance totally. with very little happening around him, that was more Austin. Uh, I think the Kane comparison is really easy uh, just because yeah, of the, the speed at which it's happened. Yeah, England, <laughs> um, which works for the other two as well. But um, just kind of the hype. That came with it. Like, mm-hmm. Ings did very well. There wasn't a lot of hype. Charlie Austin scored every other week, and people still didn't think he would score the next one. It was a very strange dynamic going on with him. Uh, but with Kane, everybody's like, oh, he'll do it every week. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely fair. The Austin thing is interesting. Um, and, and it makes sense. I have to wonder. Um, would love to hear from Jim Knight on this, if you're listening. He's our Leicester correspondent. But... Um, how much longer he's going to be there. It feels like Tottenham could hold on to Kane. Got offers of 20 million plus, thought that there was more value in keeping a London-based Tottenham fan as our striker. If somebody comes in with 20 for Vardy, I think Leicester probably have to sell. Um, so that that's an interesting wrinkle to this, is if he moved. Yeah. Uh, like if yeah. it, like at Manchester United, you know, if Rooney got injured, and there's I, I don't know if people think James Wilson is there yet, so if they're just left with Anthony Martial yet, are they going to look for somebody? We've already heard Falcao's having issues at Chelsea. Like Remy could be looking for a move. Maybe they go in for him. They're, they're, some of the bigger clubs are closer to needing a striker than you may think. Arsenal even, mm-hmm. although it does seem like they think Walcott is a striker now. But that is an interesting caveat. They've already could also move to a better team, which could go the way of Boney, where it, mm-hmm. it damages his fantasy reputation unless there's an injury in front of him. Or... Otherwise, where he goes, and all of a sudden he's the star there. So I think that's an interesting caveat that could happen with this. Yeah, I mean, you brought up Theo Walcott. Is are are they convinced he's a forward, or did he cry enough to convince him? <laughs> that's that's the bigger question. Squeaky wheel gets uh, the grease, man. <laughs> he know, complained about this, it for what Jan- five years. <laughs> yeah, this, this January transfer window is going to be very interesting, and there's going to be a lot of swapping between the. Uh, the lower level guys from the championship that are looking to jump up to the promotion teams. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, uh, Jamie Vardy, if somebody came along to Leicester and they're not in a position where they're not, you know, would they be happy playing in the Europa plus 20 million and, or be playing in the Europa with Jamie Vardy? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that the answer is, is significantly clear right now because Leicester probably has at you know they want to be in the top four are they a top but, four but team? they have other options no absolutely not oh, they, no, they, no. They, their defense is abysmal they still start west morgan i love west morgan <laughs> anybody who knows me from preseason knows i i hung out with west morgan at the west morgan jamaica compound but i love west morgan and he is just abysmal and claudia ranieri is bringing up thoughts of you know, he, he's not playing Mares for this and that because of defensive scheming and from the rumor Which, mill. By the way, basically has why not he worked. hasn't started him. <laughs> but but yet you start you start West Morgan. 
I, yeah. um, I'm befuddled. From a fantasy perspective, I'm befuddled. From a real fan, I'm not a Leicester fan. So they could start, you know, freaking little Timmy from the good, goodwill hope of adoptions agencies. <laughs> I don't really care. But from a fantasy perspective, you got to play Mars. He's awesome. Yeah. Please, Claudio. Thank you. Also, uh, kind of relevant towards our Leicester willing to sell. Leicester approached clubs this summer to sell Mares for six to eight million, and mm-hmm. people didn't do it. Uh, Tottenham yep. being one of them. Um, and not to keep bringing it back to Tottenham, but I always do. You're welcome. <laughs> Surprise! Talk about a, a club with a struggling striker that could be in the market in January. I'm just saying, that Tottenham were very interested yeah. in pairing Kane with a young English pacey striker. Looked at Ings, ended up going to Liverpool. Looked at Berahino, stayed at West Brom. Don't be surprised if Vardy is a name that gets brought up in January for. Oh, absolutely! I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you because I think Leicester is one of those teams that brings in brings in talent, recycles them, and yeah. and, and they reinvest and they the money have wisely. Okazaki, they have Ujoa, and they have Andre Kramaric, who was supposed to be their best mm-hmm. striker this year. So yeah. they're, they're they're okay if if he left. Uh, still not great. I, I think it largely depends on if their management and their ownership and their fan base are looking up the table and thinking we can get there or down the table and just saying, let's not go back. Uh, mm-hmm. I know a lot of fans come on the EPL roundtable that are in kind of those relegation areas and they say 17th or better. Like that's all mm-hmm. they're asking for. If they're all they're asking for is 17th and better, you sell Vardy, you bring in 20 million, you distribute it throughout the squad. Well, to be honest, that, that 20 million is really 20 million times whatever the new TV deal money is per team. Well, that's, that's why you got to sneak it in in January. You're paying that like you know, 10% extra in January, but you're saving like 30% off of, yeah, what's just yeah, going to be an absolutely insane summer. Completely. You know, and all right, well, let's get back to the grouping. grouping <laughs> right. <standpoint>. Sorry. <laughs> you know, so we have Aguero at the top square. Then you have the, the stalwarts that should be rostered by pretty much everyone you can take your pick, whoever you feel more comfortable with, the Pedal of the Vardy, Zukaku. We've already gone over that you like Vardy the best out of those. Now, everyone's third striker is basically who they like for that fixture, that that matchup, or someone who's playing better than the other guy. It's a, it's kind of a bigger group. It's not just three guys because they're all basically – they're basically that 5.5 striker plus or minus 0.5. You know, you got the – the Odianigalus, the Sadio Berahinos, the Boyans, the Glenn Murrays, the the Mitroviches, the Iosi Perez, who's the actually Foley, playing man. well, and Newcastle has five great fixtures coming up right now. Yeah. Um, you know, out of that group, you know, you're basically looking for one guy to jump up and say, "All right, this is where my transfer every week is going to go." Because if I have a stalwart midfield and you're playing a, a three-five-two from the back, you only need two forwards. So this guy is basically going to be my interchangeable guy who may play depending on matchups through the midfield or injury. So Kev, out of those guys that I listed, the Agalu, Berahino, Iozi, Boyan, Murray, insert anybody else, Mitrovic, Mbokani, guys that are playing well right now that are playing very form-fitting football which guy would you feel comfortable with for the rest of the season out of that list the name that first leaps to mind is Bojan 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 Um, whichever one of those pronunciations you want but 
he looks much better when Mama Birum Diof isn't in the side, which is a very big issue as he is their best striker. Um, Bojan obviously usually playing in the pocket behind him, sometimes out on the right. I think of those players, he is the best player. And in the short term, he's who I'd like. Long term, you got to kind of ask yourself about Newcastle. I know it's very heat of the momenty, but if this is anything like they can play, they're not scoring six every match. Mm-hmm. But they played some very free-flowing stuff. Norwich have not been awful in defense this year. I mean, they haven't been good. Um, man, that, that's a that's a much harder one. I think Defoe's another well, name it, that could be in there with Sam if mm-hmm. they're going to do a whole lot of counterattacking. I think, yeah. I think I, man, it's really hard because Berahino is probably my second choice, and I don't know where he's playing in January. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about this group is that it's basically very interchangeable because this is basically, if you build your team the right way, you have a good defense where you have three rotational defenders in every week, yeah. you have five midfielders, and you have three forwards. This is basically your third guy that you're playing. That you're either playing your fifth midfielder or your third or Or this forward. guy. Forward. Yeah. Exactly. This is the guy who's playing over your your cheap fifth midfielder. Yeah, so you're looking you're at saving upside. The dollars. Yeah, where you're, where you're saving the dollars so you can have two 10, 10.0 plus midfielders. This is the guy who is saving you the money. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm probably um, rolling Berahina for now, unless something changes. Yeah, yeah. you know what? You know, I, I have two Newcastle, you know, the Ayozi and the Mitrovic's yeah. in there. You know, I'm waiting for Newcastle to actually show me a shape where I can believe in. <laughs> you know, I know they yeah. just scored six. Um, but are they going to – They're not. there's no way in, in bloody hell that they're going to do that every week. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at who's going to get the minutes up top because Mitrovic has shown that he could be that guy when he's – when he's proved to not be red carded and actually get minutes. <laughs> and we knew he would be. Ayozi, he, he has that size yeah. that's kind of a prerequisite for a new player. Yeah, exactly. And Ayozi showed it last year in, glim- in you know, ribs and drabs mm-hmm. that he could be a fantasy asset based on his price point. And now he's doing it well now for the last three, four games. And with the upcoming five fixtures, I think he's someone, if you're looking for a forward to invest in in the short term, that you'd probably have to look in his direction. Out of the guys that I listed, I'm probably either leaning towards who you said, Boyan, or probably in one of the Newcastle guys, only because of their ownership rate. Their ownership rate is so low compared to what everyone else is rostering. Yeah. You know, Everyone's investing in three medium forwards with the, the, the Pellas, Lukaku's, and the Vardy's, or some kind of pairing of the three. That you you may hit better owning a guy who is owned less than running with three guys who are owned medium. Yeah, Bojan at just one point seven to your point. You know. Um. All right. Well, let's move on to midfielders, Kevin. Yeah. You know, midfielders is kind of where you're you're building your your team. Um. The 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 pairings are more. You know, pronounced here. You have your 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 expensive. You have your sort of expensive. You have your expensive. Then you have your not so expensive. Then you have your I'm saving money. Yeah. You know, it basically, you need one guy from each group of this. You know, the the top the top group, De Bruyne, Sanchez, Silva. There's no right answer of you to pick one guy here because honestly, you should own two. Yeah. If you're saving money up top and cheap and going cheap on a third defender like we just said, and owning one of the 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 6.0 or less strikers. There's no reason that you should not own 
uh, a De Bruyne or a Sanchez on your team. Those should be your ter- first two insertions. If you're starting a wild card right now, mm. De Bruyne and Sanchez are probably my first two insertions into my midfield. No questions asked, not even not even asked to fill anything else out. Yeah. Because you can fill in later with the second or third tier. And, great? and for, yeah, I absolutely do. And I know there are people that are probably hearing that question and saying that's the obvious choice because you wouldn't own Silva and De Bruyne. I think you absolutely can own both of them. Obviously, Silva out for another week and a half to maybe two weeks uh, with injury. But that offense, or sorry, God, I'm so America. That attack can absolutely carry two creators. And you'll just be racking up extra points um, because they'll all be creating for one another. Even though De Bruyne has been excellent, when Silva comes back, he will be the lead guy in the middle of the pitch again. De Bruyne mm-hmm. will, this is going to sound crazy, but De Bruyne will be scoring more than he's creating at the moment um, mm-hmm. because Silva will be the one playing a little bit further back. De Bruyne probably cutting in, kind of doing what Sterling's doing right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you can absolutely own both Silva and De Bruyne once they're all fit. Um, I can't add Alexis Sanchez. Unfortunately, I am in a couple of Spurs leagues where it's fair Bolton. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, obviously a, a great player. And if you're looking at, you know, which attacks do I want players from, you probably want to get people in from Arsenal. Right now, the, the four best attacks uh, with a multitude of sets, this isn't just goal scored, but City, Leicester, West Ham, Arsenal, Southampton, United is mm-hmm. your, your top group. Um, so, I, yeah, I think getting one from both City and Arsenal off the top is excellent. And while he's starting in that 10 role, I think De Bruyne does have a little more value, but obviously ownable, regardless of when Silva comes back. Mm-hmm. All right. And then you go basically to the, to the second group of that, which is you, you either need one from this group or two from the next, the next group, which neither – there's no wrong answer here, only because I lump them in – by what we've seen in the in the last few weeks and what they could be by the end of the season. These three guys are Mesut Ozil, Mane, and Payet. Yeah. You don't need to take one here because you can take two from the next group, which isn't a bad thing because the next group is pretty freaking stellar. I, I think Payet is a must-own, though. Who is? I think Payet is a must-own. I think he's easily... Uh, I at, absolutely agree with you. Yeah. But... Then that means you only get one from the next group, and the next group is even better. Yeah. Because I haven't even listed Mares or others. Yeah. You know, uh, o- Ozil to me is is a good wild card to think about even having on your team. Ozil to me is if from the first group you take De Bruyne and Silva, and you don't take Sanchez. If you don't own Sanchez, I think you have to own Ozil. If you don't own Sanchez, you could probably go otherwise. But if you own Sanchez, you could definitely go otherwise, if that makes yeah. any sense. Because it sounded like... It sounded you don't, like you don't have to have talking. both of them. Right. Absolutely not. I if, if you own one, you don't need to own the other. I would probably lean on the, the side of if you own Sanchez, you don't need to own Ozil. If you, if you own Ozil, go De Bruyne and Silva. And you're set. Yeah. Good. Good for you. Okay. Now the third the third group that I just mentioned is this is the this is the tough one because all three guys are good, cheap, and performing. Mm. They are Yoan Kambai, Jorginho, and Mares. Yeah. It's probably the toughest toughest group based on price, form, rest of season 
to actually have to pick one of the two, one of the three, because like I said, I lumped them in, in, in accordance with the previous group because they're kind of a wild card. You don't have to own a Mane or a Payet, but you should own a Payet, but at what expense of what one of the players of the three I just mm. listed. Yeah, I, I think Kabai is, if you're in a trade league or, or a draft league, I think you need to, to trade Kabai right now because he is riding off of three penalties. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of his points are coming from. And I don't think that's a thing you want to count on for your fantasy points. If you're looking for somewhere between three to five points every week, like if, if you're already really comfortable with your team, but you have some like risky guys that can get you a lot of points. Kabai is a really good anchor to that staff, if you will, where he's going to get you points every week. I obviously love the upside of Mares. The playing time concerns me now. And this is why in the preseason, we all warned on Leicester players a little bit. And a lot of people took a lot of hate for that early on in the season because of how well they performed. But this is what we knew would happen with Claudio Ranieri coming in. He's not nicknamed the Tinkerer for nothing. He's going to mess with mm-hmm. your crap um, all season. Uh, who was the third one? Um, Jorginho. Ooh, Jeannie Goodbye, or Mares. Uh, yeah. You know what? I This is why I'm fine taking Payet, because I think Mares at the price I have him at 6'2". What is he on now? Is he still around there? He is... Dude, He's 6'5". 6'5". Oof. Man, 6-5 is a lot for a player you're not sure is starting. But but anyway, all these questions are is why I'm fine owning Payet. I want to see more from Newcastle first. I do think mm-hmm. he's the main creator in that team, and so you're going to have guaranteed points. But we haven't seen it other than one week where he scored four goals. Um, yeah, I mean... And, and so, so those question marks are enough to keep me away from those knowing I can get Payet and a cheaper option. I'm, I have Mahrez at 6-2 as my cheapest midfielder. I have AU in there who has about a week or two to prove it to me that this Swansea team can can get it going again. Um, but yeah, that's that's why I'm taking Piat is because there are question marks with all of them. Kabai, I love watching. It's great having him back in the Premier League and he really makes that Crystal Palace side turn over. But he does it from further back on the pitch. I'm sure people are annoyed at this point, but very Luka Modric-esque. You aren't going to look at the score sheet and see a lot of assists from him, unfortunately. He's going to have very key passes that lead to the assists, but he's not getting them himself. So in the official game, his points right now are largely coming just from those penalties, and you can't really count on that throughout a season, I unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now he has four goals. I think three of them are penalties, just one assist. Crystal Palace don't get a lot of clean sheets, so you're not getting those like extra bonus points every now and again. I, I don't know. That, anyway, that's that's why I take Payet. All right. Well, it's I mean it's it's a tough decision through the midfield, and it, you know I I've, I've heard everybody this past week. This is the the week that I've actually paid attention to people preaching about their roster formations. I normally don't, and everyone's preaching that they're going three five two, and you know I'm don't do that every week. You know it's based on injury and how my roster fills out and yeah. the like, but. Midfield seems like this year is where the points are to me. It seems like it's steadily available there. And there's guys at the price, the right price point, the right form rating, 
and the right return to give you the five def- the five midfielders to actually be beneficiary to your fantasy roster. Um, now there's two other there's two wild card groups here. You you probably would choose one here. Um, I lumped them into groups of three. You could probably group them into one group of six. You probably take you probably have one of these guys. These are guys that you'd probably own. Not everybody would own, or you feel confident in them for some reason. Maybe they used to babysit you as a kid. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> that group is they're they're pretty. It's pretty consistent guys that are owned universally. Uh, how about Juan Mata, Patino, Barkley, Au, Hadich, and Erickson. Ooh, Erickson, sen, sen. No, okay, I'm not going to do that. Um, I think, and and this has getting burned by him last year, and my gross underestimation of how effective Southampton can be just because I don't like them. Um, Dusan Tadic <laughs> is absolutely worth his price right now. And... He has the most successful crosses this year, which is a very strange stat for a player that you usually think of kind of as that creative player, like in the mold of all the players we've been talking about today. Um, I think Tadic is definitely worth it. Uh, A a sneaky one right now, and it's much less sneaky, but it was sneaky last week when I picked him up in my draft league. Uh, Ander Herrera is an incredible footballer. And if he plays, he's going to get you a lot of points. Um... But out of that group, I'm I'm probably probably leaning Tadic. Erickson is interesting. Already mentioned his lack of of strength off of corners, and it, he keeps hitting the first man, which was a, a weird issue that Vandervaart developed when he was at Tottenham as well. Lamela might start taking those, which immediately saps like 15% of Erickson's value, um, which is from dead balls. Obviously, taking the free kicks and is excellent from there. Um, but, yeah, so that's why I'm not so much on Erickson. I was high on Coutinho coming into this year. Maybe I will be again, but I want to see what Jurgen Klopp does a bit more. Juan Mata, I have PTSD from last season when he started, like, every third match. Yeah. You know, out of, out of that group, I was, I was, I'm like you. I was high on Coutinho coming into this year. And, and in draft leagues and, and auction leagues, I was I was all over him. I thought he was going to come into this year. This is going to be his year to flourish. He was going to be the you know the the free kick guy. The he's basically you know you know what we've seen out of William the last few the last few weeks. Yeah. That's basically what I thought Coutinho was going to be. Um, and I didn't add William to this, but he should be added to this group because if if all things stay the same and Eden Hazard keeps crying and asking his agent for, for advice, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, Willian is basically going to be a star at Chelsea. Um, whether people agree with me or not, he's going to. Um, whether you watch the Brazil games or you watch the Championship League, league games, uh, he 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 has the goods. He just needs the, the the place on the pitch to do it. Um, so the last group of midfielders, we've gone through the first. That's four groups so far. We've gone through. The last group is basically Bargain the bin. super wild card. This is the guy yeah. where you're saving money uh, and using it so you can have that cheap, you know, that, that secondary 10-plus midfielder. Mm. You know, th- this could be anybody on 
anybody's midfield radar. It could be, you know, the Redmonds, the Hulahans, the Arnautoviches. Della Ali. Basically, anybody. Exactly, Della Ali. Anybody. From this moment on to the end of the season, and I actually had Andrew Herrera lumped into this. I know his price point isn't the same as everyone else's. It, it really is a shame how high it is. Yeah. Yeah, because he's on United, and um, he played he played decently today, or you know today in the Champions game, Champions League game. Hmm. Um, but who's your one wild card? We're going off off script here for Kevin. Give me yeah. one guy that is under six point five that you would be, feel comfortable with rostering for the rest of the year that isn't owned universally. Okay, this is. Uh, from my uh, article I was writing tomorrow, I was already kind of looking at this, so I'm not as unprepared as it sounded like I could have been. And this is this is really gambly. But Johnny Housen from Norwich. We talked last week about the Norwich guys. This midfield functions well. Even last week, they got whooped 6-2. But the midfielders still got some points, uh, especially in ancillary leagues, not as much in the official game. But Johnny Housen has started, I think, 285 out of 290 possible minutes. I think that's what the stat was. He's, he's only missed mm-hmm. five minutes this whole season. He's created a chance every match this season. And, you know, Redmond, you assume, is going to continue starting there. We saw your boy at the weekend, Mbokani, Lamborghini Dia Mercy. My chick, she's so thirsty. Um, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have dear mercy. Um, but this is a, a player that is very underrated, will get the starts, has every chance to really impress. He's, like I said, 4.9 price-wise, 0.1% owned. Oh, oh, my numbers were way off. 805 of a possible 810 minutes, creating 1.5 chances per match. I I think that that's a very sneaky one at 4.9. Della Ali, I would have been all for about an hour ago. But news coming through as we do this is that Ryan Mason is back in fit, um, which convolutes that midfield even more with Dembele having just improved. We went from last week only having two fit central midfielders to now having to deal with four with Dyer, Ali, Dembele, and Mason. Going to get worse next week when Bentaleb gets back. Mm-hmm. I love Della Ali. I think he's a great player. Well, great young player. Will get you fantasy points. I'm just not sure about the, the starting time. But anyway, so yeah, for a really, really low-key, high-risk, high-reward one, I think Johnny Housen is an interesting one. Yeah, my my guy on the, the – I'm just going to throw my chips on the table and gamble – is Manuel Lanzini. Yeah, from I West, like West Ham. Ham. I like yeah. West Ham's schedule. They're very oh, – Moses, very by the way, fun. is very cheap still for no very reason. Cheap. Absolutely. I, I West Ham's schedule was very heavy in the front. And it's kind of kind of coasting through the middle after Christmas, and then it gets a few few sketchy matchups towards the end, and then they coast again. Um, West Ham's a team that that plays to form very well when they're in a groove. Um, things that I've noticed over the you know the play with the players that they have. Manuel Lanzini is finding himself in a full ninety position every week. Uh, he's actually finding tallies uh, with an assist last week. I think he can continue to play off of what Payet is doing. And if Payet keeps playing at the, the high level that he's doing, Which he, absolutely he might actually can. get called up to the French team. But yeah. <laughs> <and> not, <laughs> not have to complain about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I think that if Payet keeps playing to the way he's doing, I think he's going to draw the attention that he deserves. 
take some of the the attention away from other guys. And I think Lanzini's the guy who's going to be the beneficiary there. So he's owned in 0.2% of all leagues at 5.5.3. You know, I'm not saying he's an everyday, you know, midfielder for yeah, him. But it's but just like that third striker on, you're talking about. Are you playing your fifth midfielder or your third striker? Abs- abs- absolutely. If you can link up with a, a perfect scheduled fifth midfielder with a third striker and then use your transfer every week, to, to bring in someone on a matchup level basis, that is a perfect, perfect situation. That's like dating a twin who doesn't know you have a twin and you keep <laughs> switching every time. I, weird uh, sociological issues with that aside. Um, yeah, I think, it's, I, think it's a, I think it's an excellent shout. We, uh, we need, probably need to hit defenders here pretty quickly, though. We're, we're running out of time here. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Well, we, we can always hit – why don't we do this? We keep people suspended and, hey. and do defenders next week. Sounds good. All right, so we'll hit start sit. We already ruined what our moves this week were, both both dropping Pedro, bringing in Jeannie Winyoldum. Um, yeah, my so starts, we can skip that. Yeah. So my starts for the week at forward, I know a lot of you were hoping that I'd never mention his name again. But he's back. He didn't score, but he's going to. Bafa Timbi Gomes, the Jaguar of, of England – I guess he's in Wales, technically. <laughs> that was not a great... Anyway, um, I... The sex panther of the <laughs> I would like to point out, because I've been getting some hate on the Twitters, I have never once said that Bafa Timbigomis is a top 10 striker. I have only said he's a top 10 fantasy striker. And guess what? Despite this really bad run he's been on, still sitting in eighth, and two of the people ahead of him are hurt. Uh, Wilson out for the year, Aguero out for a month. So, easy, everyone. We kind of knew this would happen. Uh, he Again, hasn't scored since match week four. He's a very streaky player, but the chances are still being pumped in. Less so with Sigurdsson on the bench last week, so they could start Modu Barrow. A very strange choice. Um, <laughs> Ranieri-esque, if you will. Um, but I still think he's going to end up getting 15 this season. Uh, 
you know, I'm not a huge fan of the matchup this week against Aston Villa. I know a lot of people are thinking it's like a super easy one. Amavi obviously didn't get this. They did a lot of weird stuff to Villa's defense last week. Tactics Tim did. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this week is a very good chance for Buffett Timby Gomez to get on the score sheet. In midfield, kind of already alluded to it earlier, the Norwich guys all over again. Um, Redmond got the start and scored. Brady easily could have had a goal and an assist. Like, easily. Went off the post. Um, Houlihan didn't get the start, but he, he should be getting back in. Already mentioned Johnny Housen. And you don't hate them playing West Brom. I know everybody is all excited because West Brom are level with the most clean sheets on pie. But every match... Cool. Every match where they've conceded, they've conceded two plus. So once mm-hmm. you break them and open them up, they have to start coming at you with Berahino and Rondon. And then they're open. And when you have the pace of Redmond, when you have Diamercy and Bocani, who looks just, I don't know if it's how lanky he is, but he looked so pacey last week. Um, mm-hmm. He's very leggy. He's yeah. Very leggy. Leggy blonde. That's a Flight of the Concords reference. Okay. Anyway. Um, like I mentioned before with House and the chances he's creating one and a half per match, you got to imagine there's a higher chance that those end up in the net with Mbokani up front. So I like the Norwich mm-hmm. midfielders. Defense, already mentioned, all of the Tottenham defenders. Alderweireld, Dyer, Davis, Rose, all at 5.2, as is Kyle Walker. Vertonghen at 5.5. Five. I think Vertonghen's the least ownable of the lot, and it's not his price. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I think all of them are ownable. Eric Dyer is a great selection. I'm, I know I talked about him, what was it, three weeks ago maybe now? But mm-hmm. the fact that he's getting midfielder points, he's getting defender ranks of points as a midfielder is absolutely what you want because he's still getting full clean sheets and he's getting more credit for assists than the goals he's scoring. So yep. that, that is a, a great thing to have in your team. And we mentioned Danny Rose before earlier. If he wins that job, which is an if, check, yet, check tomorrow's lineup. Even if you aren't going to watch the match, Check and see who starts for Tottenham tomorrow at left back. If it's Ben Davis versus Anderlecht, Danny Rose is starting in the Premier League and has probably won that job. And if he has, he's a top 15 defender for the rest of the year. I agree. Completely agree with you. Uh, my starts are... Um, I'm sticking with Newcastle. I think they're going to... They're, they're, their form in the next five matchups are, are good. Good enough for me to invest in a cheap third third forward. I'm going to go with Ayozi up top, owned in 1.2% of leagues. Also creating his own chances, like, like Vardy. Yeah, that's, that's basically where you make up points, my friends, is owning guys who aren't owned. It's not science. Yeah. It's fantasy. Uh, it might be both. <laughs> yeah. Through, through the midfield, I like I – like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a homer. I'm gonna pick a homer pick, and and I'm actually picking a Chelsea guy here. I'm gonna pick William. I mentioned him before. I think I think he's the only ownable guy through the midfield right now. Yeah. Hazard is crying. Sask is garbage. Pedro Matic is not fitting even get into the, the EPL. Yeah. You know, um, you're not. Is Matic hurt or did he get dropped? What happened? Is was Matic still hurt from the internationals, or did he get dropped for uh, Ruben Loftus Cheek? No, he uh, he played. Didn't he play? He didn't get the start, I, I don't think. Did he? I thought I, he played. I could just be wrong. That is entirely possible. But I thought, I he, thought, he, I thought he played. I, I didn't see the game, so I was mm. busy is the <laughs> word. Um, yeah, so I like Willian in the midfield for Chelsea. I wouldn't own any Chelsea player, but if you're looking for a gamble who isn't owned universally and 
on a good team at a decent mid midfielder price. He's only 6.8. William is the guy. At the back, I'm starting to believe in Southampton actually probably buying the best defender that into the premiership through the transfer window. And I'm believing that Virgil van Dijk is the guy. Yeah. Uh, I know they, they travel to Liverpool, and I'm just not buying that Liverpool is going to do anything against Southampton's defense. I think they're going to they're going to stalwart them and sit on it, and Southampton wins one nil. Yeah. Oh, um, by the way, uh, Matic played a half. He was brought on at halftime. Yeah, uh, I knew I saw him. I knew, I, I knew I saw him. So we were both right. So that's that's Yay. the good news. <laughs> we're ready for good news. Um, Virgil Van Dyke. He's that that top of your price range five five dot five mid uh, defender. His last three games ten two nine. Traded That's him for a Drissa pretty- guy in our draft league when I had a whole bunch of midfield injuries. Feeling really stupid now. Yeah. I mean, and his next upcoming fixtures, Liverpool, home to Bournemouth, at Sunderland. This is, this is That's pretty good for a 5.5 defender owned in 1.1% of leagues. Um, we'll go jump right into my sits. Basically, anybody on Manchester City, you, you don't want to – you basically – this is the, trans, the transfer period right now. You should be transferring from City defenders to Spurs defenders as, and blowing up Kevin's e- <laughs> saying thank you for being a supporter. Um, City, it takes on United. Uh, the, the City boat on defenders has sailed. You should have invested wisely early and sold soon like it was frozen concentrated orange juice. <laughs> Color off probably uh, the only one the, that you still want to have. Yeah. You know, the only the only player I might invest in and his price tag is way too high because only because I think he after Christmas he's probably gonna be starting every game is Oda Mende. But that's just me. That's just my opinion. I'm not a city player or city supporter. That's just me. I think he's probably You're not a the city best player? Defender. I'm not a city player. I don't play there. I used to. I retired. I signed a one day oh, contract. Yeah. Uh through the midfield. Uh you know what? Arsenal just played a tough game at home against Bayern. I think Everton's going to come in and just just take this take the rest of the steam that was off the wind already out of him. And I'm sitting Theo Walcott only because I'm tired of him crying that he thinks he's a striker and he's really not. <laughs> and you you got to be like, frustrated considering that they both keep getting tons of chances and getting subbed for one another. They're not getting subbed yeah. for one another. Walcott is starting and then Giroud is replacing him. Also yeah, scoring. It's basically what it is. And then Giroud comes in and scores in the 12 minutes that he played. Yep. Um you know, I, I, like I said, I think Bayern took the steam out of them. I think they're going to be living high on, living high on the hog, and I think Everton comes in and beats them at home. Uh, up top, you know what? There's not many forward sits this week. You know, I, I that's, that's interesting because there are a lot of like level matchups this week. Yeah, totally. Um, and which I, which I we totally had a lot last you. week as well, but like Liverpool, Southampton are both in the same area. United mm-hmm. City. Sunderland, Newcastle, Everton, Arsenal, yeah. yeah. Sunderland, Newcastle, are North close West Brom, Palace, Leicester. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's very close together except for Chelsea and West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> I know West uh, Ham's far and above the better side. <laughs> I know it's crazy. It's crazy. I had to pick. I had to pick a sit on the forward end, so I I went Odionagalu. Yeah. You know everybody. Which is hard to say at that price point, but yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to be like ah, uh, you know, replace him. I'd probably – that's why I started Iosi. They're basically the same price point, so it's an easy swap. Yeah. I like the matchup better for Iosi. Kev, who do you got? Yeah, for my sits, starting up front, we have Romelu Lukaku. I know 
that, like I said, his run just ended. Two shots on target, one chance created. He had done every match. Didn't manage to do it last week against United. I don't think he's going to find against Arsenal. I, I know that there's this Arsenal coming off a high, and they are, and it was at home. So they've had time to drink with all their friends. Giroud has had time to drink with his mistress. Um, but I'm just not, I'm not convinced by Lukaku right now. Obviously, we haven't seen the best of Barkley recently. I'm not really sure if Aruna Kone is the answer there long-term on the wing. Um, I know Dulafei has been getting a chance. Aaron Lennon is a shadow of the player he used to be. I don't know. I just don't have a great feeling about Everton right now. So, you know, 8.4 is a lot. I don't love Pella either. Um, that, that's that's why I did my swap of bringing in um, Genie Winyoldum for Pedro is because I still have Aguero on my team. I didn't. I would have had to make three moves to drop him last week. Mm-hmm. And I went to drop him this week. And I don't know if there's somebody I'd rather have than Jeannie Wijnaldum playing in the midfield. I am fine with Gomis, who, again, I think is going to score this weekend. Obviously, that's a gamble. And Vardy up front. And then midfielders with Wijnaldum in there now. Uh, I don't know. I, I might be crazy, but I, I just don't like any of those B-level guys. And I already have Vardy. I, like I said, got him in pretty cheap. Yeah. Though. Yeah, so I Lukaku somebody I'm not big on this week. Obviously not a player you're dropping if you own him. Um, but actually, if you have him, you, you probably have to start him. But I'm not he's big the Pedro, on him this He's week. the Pedro Alvarez of Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love Pedro Alvarez so much. Although it looks like we might let him go in order to keep Neil Walker, yeah, which he, is probably... Yeah, uh, what do you? I, I don't know where he goes because there's two ways, right? He either goes to a bad team to become the guy... Or he goes to a good team and becomes like that perfect rotation piece. Because if he's only batting against right-handers, then it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be a really good time. Um, yeah. You're going to see a whole Seattle. lot of balls fly over. He's going to go to Seattle. Ooh, yeah. Me, join, yeah, him, Nelson Cruz, and Robinson Cano, who have never made a pitch and, they didn't him and, like. Him and Logan Morrison are going to be bunkmates. <laughs> you know, it, it's only fair, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, midfield... Yeah, you nailed it. Cesc Fabregas, not loving. He's earning just 2.5 points per match. On top of that, West Ham's midfield is one of the stronger units in the Premier League. Beyond Payet, even. Kuyate and Noble have both been excellent. You have Alex Song about to come back in the fold uh, in the next couple of weeks, which is just going to make them all the more formidable. Fabregas hasn't shown anything yet. I don't think this is the week he does it. <laughs> and defenses is everybody in the Newcastle-Sunderland match. Out of all, out of both back fours and keepers, Daryl Yanmot is the only one you could think about starting. Come on, John O'Shea, Come DeAndre on. Yedlin, bro. No, it's, it's yeah, all. okay. Oh Jesus, let's get another podcast talking about American soccer players. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm taking Whitbread. I'm taking Clint Dempsey in my 2012 keeper league. <laughs> I'm, taking, I'm taking Daniel Whitbread from Norwich's 2012 season. Yeah, oh, I mean Jeff Cameron's still in the league, so that's. More than a lot can say. I'm taking Stu Holden from uh, ESPN's coverage. <laughs> Slash Bolton, was it, that he was with? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, we already said we told you what happened in our teams. We both dropped Pedro. Both brought in Genie. Uh, so we are out of time. What, what you been sipping on, man? I'm drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon from a can. America's finest. Nice. It's actually um, from can. Yep. Obviously, <laughs> had a few drinks uh, during the match. Uh, myself, I ran out of things to make uh, old fashions and or uh, 
bourbon ale eight. So I just I just went bourbon, you know. Keep Can't it, go wrong. Just it drink it, it straight. Put yeah. it in an IV. That's what I did. Oh, I did not put it in an IV. I was gonna snort it. Ended up just drinking it plain. Wow. By plain, I mean so straight. So many memories right now. So many flashbacks. <laughs> oh, hey, college. All right. So anyway, <laughs> we are out of time. So do you want to tell the nice folks where they can find you? Uh, as always, you can find me at soccer.rasball.com, or if you're on the Twitter machine, you can find me at Smokey underscore Loogie. That's L O O G Y. Yeah, and I am at Kevroff on Twitter. You can find my ramblings over on blog.playtaga.com and theeaglesbeak.com and on this podcast and also the EPL Roundtable podcast, which is up Mondays and Fridays. So with that, we are out of time. We'll be back next week with more drinks and more fantasy advice. See ya. Peace.